nugget this morning. I think we heard this one before, but we'll try it again. The curse of success. Is that me making all that right there? The curse of success is compromise. So we can't compromise. We should not compromise. It totally disrupts your success. Okay. So we've got a few minutes to go. Had some exciting things yesterday happen. Those that went so winning have a secret. And if you want to find out, talk to one of them. All right. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, at this time, Father God. As we look to your word, we're asking, Father God, that our eyes of our understanding would be open, Father God, to greater revelation, Father God, as your spirit gives voice to each and every one of us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Um, the greatest need in the body, body of Christ today is the, in the area of character. Uh, character is the foundation into which all life is built upon. Um, our character involves integrity and it tells others of who we are and what we are in life. Um, character, character symbolizes moral values and distinct principles that govern our decisions. So character is very important. Without character, uh, things go wrong. Uh, without character, you do not have a strong foundation uh, of God's principles. And uh, then what we attempt to build eventually crumbles because we don't have true character. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, character, there's a lot of lack of character in today's uh, scene, uh, starting from the, uh, well, we won't go there. Get on the soapbox and, uh, we, are, we are to embrace godly principles above relationships. Okay. Uh, we should never tolerate doubled standards in our lives. Uh, we need our lives uh, to, or we should leave our, live our lives according to godly principles, uh, not what we think or what uh, what others think of us. Live to godly principles. Uh, the word ethics refers to a code of conduct by which we live. Um, the principle uh, and duties of obligation or the behavior that governs our lives. So that's the word ethics. Um, God tells us in his word who we are or who we should be. I'll put it that way. Uh, many of us, uh, I hate to say it, we fall short on what God has called us to, to be, but he tells us who we are. Uh, he gives us an opportunity to be all that he's created us to be. Um, the outcome is based on how much we embrace God's word. 
as we develop our character. And uh, this is the foundation that we need to build upon. Um, character is the principle, principles that we have down inside of us, uh, that we live, live for. It is, uh, it's the mental and moral attributes that we have, whether good or bad. Character, you know, character is defined that way. Um, so character is divine, uh, defined by our, as individuals, who we are, okay? Good character refers to virtue, self-discipline, moral strength, being honorable. Uh, uh, when a person possesses these qualities, he refuses, or they should, re we should refuse to move away from these principles no matter what anyone says or what anyone does to us. We don't change our principles. Thank you for the amens out there. So let's go to the, the Psalms. Psalms chapter 11. In Psalms chapter 11. Look at this. We're talking about character this morning. Psalms 11, in Psalms 11 verse Three, uh, first from the uh, King James. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? From the Amplified, it reads, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the unyielding righteous do? Or what has he, the righteous one, wrought or accomplished? So our foundation, if, if it's destroyed, things go wrong. Uh, today they say there's 70% of those in America say there's no moral attributes any longer. That's a lot. Um, they say that uh, these are statistics that are a couple years old, so maybe more, maybe less. But they say 11% of elementary teachers do not teach that there is right or wrong. Well, that's pretty heavy, you know. You know, uh, nowadays they're teaching all sorts of the things. It's not right or wrong any longer. It's, it's what you feel or what your emotions are. It, it, it's completely against God's word. Um, when they speak such things, it's like the old Indian saying, you speak with a fork and tongue. Um, too many of us fall that way. Uh, the 1960s, the era to which I was raised in, brought spiritual death to a lot of standards that we have had, I'll put it that way. Tolerance is moral neutrality now. There's no tolerance that's neutral. You know, however you feel is better than a principle. Divorce now is a personal freedom and a right. Uh, illegitimate children became non-married, non-marriage children or single parenting. That's, that's not where it's we're at or supposed to be. You know, too many things. You know, we we really lost uh, our moral fiber. Moral convictions are reduced to moral relativisms and 
personal preferences, what you prefer. Uh, because what you prefer can be neither wrong or right. You know? It's do you see here, do your own thing. It's even on television, do your own thing. If you like it, do your own thing. Um, this is a po po poison in today's fabric of society. It's a poison. Do your own thing. That's why you have people doing crazy, crazy things. They don't think it's wrong. I mean, uh, well, we just had an incident last week where uh, someone did their own thing. I mean, uh, went into a school, shot up a bunch of, killed a bunch of people. These kids are, they get on video games and that's all they see nowadays. It's kill, 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 you know, or see who can do, get to a high degree of a, a, as a assassinator or something of that nature. It's, it's wrong. Uh, you don't know what, what's running in people's minds anymore. Uh, we are called to live by biblical principles, not by emotional feelings. Uh, we need to realize that today's society, that the very basic foundations of character has been eroded away. Today it's not a lie. You know, it's just stretching the truth. You know, if you, if you turn on the television, if you look in the newspaper, you just, you can see lies all over the place. Um, so, Let's turn now to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Not, pardon me, chapter 11. That's Proverbs, chapter 11. Look at this. This is where character is, and you'll see where a lot of people have missed it. Proverbs, chapter 11. And we want to look at verse 3 from the, uh, from the King James... The integrity of the upright shall guide them. Integrity shall guide you. But the perverseness of transgression shall destroy them. Uh, from the uh, amplified, the integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the willful contrariness and crookedness of the treacherous shall destroy them. So you, you can see where, you know, we have elected officials that are just lying through their teeth. You can tell they're lying through their teeth. Um, but there's no integrity there. Uh, they don't care as long as they, you know, do their own thing. Uh, since we're in Proverbs, so let's go to Proverbs chapter 20. And verse 3. That's Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is the honor... For a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. And from the Amplified, it goes on and says, It is the honor for a man to cease from strife and keep aloof from it, but every fool will quarrel. Well, you got people that are out there that, you know, to exonerate their lie, they quarrel with you. you know, well, this is the way it's supposed to be, you know. It's not true. Um, integrity from the Hebrew means completeness, innocence, fullness, uprightness. 
Integrity refers to moral soundness of purity, uprightness of character, and honesty. It is a desire to do what is right according to the highest standards of conduct in every situation, regardless of the circumstances. So we must keep our word no matter what. And in uh, Psalms 15, in the book of Psalms, chapter 15, look at what this says. No matter what. Keep your word no matter what. In Psalms 15, verse 4, it says, it's the latter part we want to look at, but we'll read the whole thing. It's, In whose eye, eyes is a vile person contempt? But he who honors them that fears the Lord. Here's what we want to look at. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changes not. Your integrity, you need to hold on to it. If you say something, you don't change. You swear to your own hurt. I'll be there. You don't show up. Where's your integrity? We must understand how critical this is, our integrity. Integrity is a foundation of everything that is great. Your integrity determines everything, including your success. You must do what is right, or we must do what is right, regardless of the consequences that it may bring. Whoa. Okay. Now let's go to the New Testament for a moment. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Look at this. They're going to shake some foundations here. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. For kings and all that are in authority, for kings and all that are in authority, we've got a lot of people in authority in our country, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all God, uh, godliness and honesty. So those in authority should be honest. And you've got so many crooks out there lying. Hello, there's no honesty there. Uh, backtrack to the book of Luke for a moment. In the book of Luke, we want to go to chapter 8. That's Luke chapter 8. Verse 15, that's Luke 8, 15. But that on the good ground they are, are they, which, are, which in honest and good heart have heard the word and keep it and bring forth good fruit with patience. There's some people out there that are not honest. Okay, honest, in the Webster's Dictionary says, honorable in principles, in intention and action, sincere, frank, and thankful. Honesty is the willingness to reveal your true motives. 
in openness of transparency. Well, there's a lot of people are just trying to hide things. Honesty is responsible. Honesty is a responsibility you have as well as to yourself as to others. Dishonest greatly weakens the strength of your character, being dishonest. Like cracks in a foundation, it, it seems insufficiently small today, but it can eventually split the entire foundation. You say, ah, that's not going to hurt if I just be just a little, you know, just tweak things my way. No, that's not the way it goes. It's going to eventually show up someplace. It could completely ruin you. Okay? Um, so the question is, are we honest in some areas and not others? Do we kind of fudge a little bit sometimes? Okay. I don't know. Tax time is coming. <laughs> a lot of people kind of fudge. You can't do that. It, government not, might not uh, find out, but somebody else knows. <laughs> And that uh, in your foundation is cracked, so you can't have that. Amen? Yeah. Honesty does not change at home, at work, or at any place. Honesty should be a habit. Genuine honesty eliminates all possibility of deception. Wow. I wonder how many people we have in Congress that will pass this test. Genuine honesty eliminates all possibilities of deception. Okay, uh, let's go back to the Old Testament and back to the book of Psalms once again. And this time we want to go to Psalms 89. That's Psalms 89. And we will look at something else that uh, character has. In Psalms 89, verse 1, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Amen. From the Amplified, I will sing of the mercies of the loving kindness of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Faithfulness is part of the character we need to develop. And let's go uh, further on and let's tie this together with Psalms 119. So that's Psalms 119. And we will go to verse 90. That's Psalms 119, verse 90. Thy faithfulness is to unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. There's faithfulness. Faithful me, faithfulness means loyalty and has allegiance. The act of binding self to a prescribed course of action. God doesn't change his actions. He doesn't say, well, I this way and that way. He's not wishy-washy. He says, this is the way it goes. You need to follow through. This is the way we need to be faithful. True faithfulness is loyal. Loyalty is based upon trust. Faithfulness also is a virtue. Society has encouraged disloyalty by adopting get what you can now. 
The pursuit of money and fame become more valuable than a commitment to faithfulness and loyalty. One disregards who or what they leave behind as personal gain. Oh, that's my, you know, I feel good now. I'm, I'm going up. That's not faithful. Employers as well as employees have thrown each other under the bus. They're not faithful. I mean, um, companies, uh, I hate to say this, some companies have, I've I, I known a couple of examples, when a person is getting close to retirement, they release them so they don't, they don't have to pay their, uh, their benefits that they've, you know, they, they hire part-time to take care of that individual. This way, if they're part-time, they don't have to pay those benefits at the end of the person's career. That's not being faithful. The person was faithful to do the job honestly, did the job correctly, and then the, the company just cuts, cuts their legs from under. And it's the same, same with the, some individuals. They're not faithful to do what they're called to do. Uh, they say, I've done it, and they go back through the books to find out the person hasn't done it. You know, so it's, it makes the company look bad when they're unfaithful. They don't do the job correct. So, you know, it works both ways. Okay. Faithfulness is loyalty. Pardon me. Faithfulness. Loyalty is something you give regardless of what you get back. And in giving loyalty, you're giving more than loyalty. You're loyalty. And out of loyalty flows other great qualities. You're giving more than what you get back. Glory to God. Okay, let's look at something else that character develops. Let's go to the book of Luke. You find the book of Luke and go to the 16th chapter. That's Luke chapter 16. That's Luke chapter 16, and we want to look at verse 2. That's Luke 16, 2. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear of this, of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest, mayest no longer be a steward. Wow. From the Amplified. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I have heard about you? Turn in the account of your management of my affairs, for you can, for you can be any, my ma manager any longer. Wow. Responsibility or accountability is part of character. Uh, let's go to further, to enforce that, let's go to Romans chapter 14. In Romans chapter 14, we find Romans, Romans 14, 12 tells us, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. So you say, well, I'm not responsible for anything, you know, to any man, but you're going to be responsible to God for what you do. Responsibility and accountability. You can't cut corners. And responsibility, being or respons uh, uh, responsible. 
can't say it's someone else's fault when you're on the job. You not admitting that you're wrong. <laughs> I think we all can uh, think about uh, think about this one uh, as as kids. You know, uh, if you were if you're not a single child at home and you have kids and uh, you have re responsibilities and folks say, who did it? Fingers go on either way. You know, it, it, was they, it was their turn to do it. Well, I did it yesterday. You know, take the responsibility. Take your accountability. But don't you have that, you know, pointing our fingers at the other person. Uh, that's not what we need to do. We need to take accountability of who we are and what we need to be doing. How we are to do it with integrity, all right? Okay. Responsibility is ours to keep. It means making no excuses. That means we have to be open to correction so that our weaknesses can be repaired, fixed, or eliminated. I mean, you don't want to keep on making excuses all the time. Don't you want to be repaired and eliminate those things so you can be you know, accountable, correct? There are times in life that uh, in order to make a change, one must be confronted about a matter. Well, oh, none of us like that. At least I don't. <laughs> Why didn't you do this? Well, wasn't this your responsibility? Yes. So you need to develop a habit. And being in the military teaches a lot of young men and women responsibility. You're on duty and you have to do a job correctly or you find yourself in trouble, okay? If one, is, if one is let to continue in an unaccountable way, um, we blindly assassinate our own character. Just think about it. You're shooting yourself in the head when you do things wrong. Your character. Never take lightly what others take seriously. Never take lightly what others take seriously. They only want to help you achieve greater value in your life. Well, you say that was nothing, but they'll say, well, this is what you needed to do. Well, that was nothing. Now, they want you to take accountability that you, you have a better uh, success in what, you know, as you improve. Okay? Let's go to the book of Job, <laughs> or Job, in Job chapter 36, Job chapter 36, Job chapter 36, and we want to look at verse 10. We want to look at, look at it in the Amplified. That's Job 36, verse 10. 
He also opens their ears to instruction and discipline and commands that they return from iniquity. So we need to have our ears open. Be accountable. Have self-control or discipline. Um, Webster's uh, definition of self-control or discipline. The ability to restrain one's actions or feelings. The ability to restrain one's actions or feelings. So we need to have some self-control or discipline. A person who develops self-control does not indulge in hatred, envy. Listen to these. A person who develops self-control does not indulge in hatred, envy, jealousy, fear, revenge, or any other similar destructive emotions. Wow, that's some self-control. Um, I think I've got to work on some of those. Self-discipline begins with the mastery of your thoughts. What are you thinking? Hmm. If you don't control what you think, you can't control what you do. If you don't control what you think, you cannot control what you do. Simply, self-control enables you to think first and act afterwards. Self-control enables you to think first and then act afterwards. Because you'll balance things out, get, get a proper perspective on things. Glory to God. A person who does not control his desires and emotion blindly follows his impulses or her impulses of the unrestrained carnal nature leading to great pain, turmoil, and trouble. And the individual uh, this past week at the shooting could not control his emotions. And it was, became deadly to not only himself but to in this case, 17 other people. Okay. Self-control makes possible the development of excellent character. You cannot build character except by applying stiff self-control over your thoughts. Self-control is a true measure of character. Self-control is a root to all virtues. Self-control is a root to all virtues. Character requires that we resist natural impulses. Self-control is the distinction between ethical and unethical life. Self-control is the distinction between ethical and unethical life. Wow, this is pretty heavy. Character is one of the greatest powers in the world.
men of excellent integrity, high principles, and honesty command respect of all. When you have good character. Character is the foundation of all success and distinction. Without it, you will never go far in your pursuits. We need good character. And that uh, foundation applies to every realm or area of your life. So let's go to Proverbs, since we're in the Old Testament again. Proverbs chapter 8, once more. In Proverbs chapter 8, we will see something else. What does character speak of? Proverbs chapter 8, looking at verse 6. That's Proverbs 8, verse 6 from the King James. Here, for I will speak of excellent things. Here I will speak of excellent things. And the opening of my lips shall be right things. So excellent things, right things, come from your lips. Excellence is everything you aim, everything you aim to do should be achieved with the highest level of excellence. Doing your best at all times. Doing your best at all times. When you're committed, you're, uh, when you're committed, you are doing your very best in every situation. And when that happens, you will get remarkable results. Because God's with you. You're going to get remarkable results. You can only make a difference when you have high standards of excellency. Your standards will not only transform you, they will also transform and touch the lives around you. That's what you want. That excellence that you have will, kind of, you could say, rub off on somebody else. They will say, hey, I've, if they can do it, I can do it. Amen. You don't want to get around people say, well, they couldn't do that, then that, then that. And pretty soon you got a just murmuring, complaining group. Show them that they can do the work. You may not attain perfection as you, but you can pursue excellence. It takes a little while to develop, but God's with you. It's a godly characteristic that you're developing. Okay. What was that, verse 6? I will speak of excellent things, the opening of my my lips shall be right things, glory to God, uh, from the Amplified. All the words of my mouth are righteous, upright, and right standing with God. There is nothing contrary to the truth or crooked in them. Glory to me. Let's go to the New Testament and find Second Timothy. That's Second Timothy this time. Something that we've 
seen numerous times, but you, we need to look at it again. Second Timothy chapter two. This is part of being excellent. That's Second Timothy chapter two. Verse 15. Study to show thyself approved. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's being proficient. We must take the initiative to learn with a passion. Read with enthusiasm as you study or as you're at work. Be enthusiastic about it. Oh, it's another day. It's gloomy Monday. You know what they're going to do with this Monday. They're going to tell us what we're going to have to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, it's all boring. I'm going to have to do that job again. Oh, man, why don't I give it to somebody else? No, that's not what you want. You need to be enthusiastic. Just as you are enthusiastic when you jump and leap and hop and shout in church. Amen. There's a lot of enthusiasm, right? <laughs> Somebody's got lead in their feet. We need to be enthusiastic when it comes to the house of the Lord. Yeah. Put a smile on your face. Amen. <laughs> oh boy. We can enter into countless new and unusual opportunities by learning new skills and fully utilizing them as uh, they come about. Hey, there's new skills. <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but There's more enthusiasm for the crooks out there than there is for Christians out there. Man, we can rob a bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can do this. They are enthusiastic about it. Oh, we can go out there and steal this. Yeah, they're enthusiastic about it. They get a group of them. They go out there and do it. Right. You tell Christians to do something. Uh, uh, there's no enthusiasm. I'm thinking next chairs we get, I'm going to have them. Put lighters under the chairs. Put a switch on and the flame come up. You jump up and, hey! Psalms 37. You get, you know. Now we're looking at different characteristics of, of, of character here. How enthusiastic are you on th certain things? If you're not enthusiastic, you're, 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 you're not developing your character. Oh. <coughs> Some of these words are getting hard to spit, spit out. Psalms 37. I told you that, right? Uh-oh. Another thing that we need to do are you ready for this one? There's, if you had seat belts on, you need to strap them on tight because somebody's going to fall out of your chair. <laughs> 37, Psalms 37, verse 5. Commit.
Commit. Uh-oh. Commit thy way. It says commit thy way unto, uh, unto, the, uh, unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. So we need to commit things to the Lord. We need to be committed. Amen. Committed. Convictions are only as deep as our commitment to the values and goals that we have. Why is it most people refuse to make, well, let's see what it says. I have to turn the page. A commitment. Why are, why people are, are, why are people or Christians refuse to make a commitment? The reason is they don't want to risk of having to break their commitment because they have not developed character yet that area. They want to risk the pain. You mean if I make that commitment, I'm going to have to owe up to it? Follow through? It says The Lord says you need, if you make a, we read already, make a, a commitment, pay your, pay your dues, in other words, follow through on what you said. Right. Fulfill your obligation. Somebody shouldn't have to press you for it. Didn't you say this? Well, come on, now you said this. No, you should be able to, if you made the commitment, you need to be there or do the job. Hello. Oh, my, my, my. Getting long-winded here. Let's go to the book of, back, uh, back to the book of Romans. I think we hit Romans 1. Romans chapter 12. Here's something else that Character needs to have, or we need to develop. Romans chapter 12, looking at verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that's Romans 12, uh, 12 verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of, mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice when you have character, you will sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Sacrifice or selflessness. There is no success without sacrificing personal ambitions at times. There is no success without sacrificing personal ambitions. Sometimes you've got to put your ambitions on the side and do what you're called to do. Yeah, but I like doing this. But you call, you're called to do this. Focus, focus on, on your commitment, on higher priorities. Hello. At times, personal uh, issues must be dis guarded in order to help those around us. Yeah, but you don't know. I was going to go to the movies that night. And someone called up and they said they needed prayer. And they asked me to come over to prayer. But I was going to the movies. Or my game is on tonight. Or my favorite. I can't. Can I come an hour later? Maybe two hours later? This is a movie that's just only going to play once. Are you willing to sacrifice for somebody else? 
I need you to stay over to work tonight. What? And unfortunately, it's not going to be, you're not going to be paid overtime. What? No way. I need you to help with somebody else, help somebody else out. What? They don't need any help. They got the education. They can read. They're not sick. Don't you know I've got obligations? Hmm. What kind of sacrifice is that? Let them sacrifice for me. Let them come over here. Huh? Great character we're developing. Sacrifice is a choice. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's a choice. Sacrifice is a choice. One that may require more than we wish to offer. I said, I can only do this for an hour, and you got me here for five hours? You know, what's going on here? I said, I'd give you 15 minutes. Mm, mm, mm. Oh. This character is hard to develop in some areas. Matthew chapter 20. That's Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, looking at verse 27, whosoever will be chief among you let him be your servant. Not too many Indian chiefs want to be that. Matthew chapter 23. Again, same same thing, but it's in, the, it's, it's in the same book. Matthew chapter 20, 23, verse 11. But he that is greatest among you, you shall be your servant. Wow. Servanthood. A servant is not primarily interested in his own success. He chooses to work for the success of another. In doing so, he encounters his own success. Wow. So as we elect to serve those we choose to do so, we become independent of another's response. The best way to benefit from any relationship is to choose the position of a servant. The best way to benefit from any relationship is to choose the position of a servant. Being a servant does not make you inferior. It makes you 
valuable or invaluable. It means you're at the top of the rung. They're going to call upon you because they know you have character, you have integrity, and that you are able to be successful in what they employ you to do. We need to develop some characteristics. Oh, here's a rough one. Character. Let's go to 2 Peter. And we're about ready to close off. 2 Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 1. This is characteristic or developing our, our character. At 2 Peter chapter 1, we will look at verse 7. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. Whoa. And to, well, and to godly, godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Kindness. How kind are you? Kindness. Or generosity. Without this important link of kindness, generosity doesn't chance generosity does not have a chance of success. You've got to have kindness. The link of kindness. In other words, you're going to reap what you sow. What kind of harvest are you wanting? What you do for others, God will do for you. Now, said wouldn't get on the soapbox, <clears throat> but wouldn't it be refreshing if our elected officials would have the criteria to to develop character, godly character? We wouldn't have the mess we have up there or here in our state. So we need. As individuals, we need to break down the, the mediocrity that binds us from becoming or developing good character. We need to run the race, the best race that we can. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So I, if you were looking for a title, it was Developing Character. And... Uh, some of us, I'll put it, I have to brush up on a few of these things. Some I have to really push hard on. Um, and uh, just like we said, one area, I we shouldn't speak with a forked tongue, you know, say one thing and do another. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Okay. We have the opportunity to, this morning, to have communion. So, uh, 
we'll prepare for that. And we'll just uh, come up and uh, receive the emblems ourselves, and then we'll all together uh, partake. So, if Heather, you can put on uh, some music, appropriate music for this. We have instructions by Paul as to what the communion is all about. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I have received the Lord, which also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. In remembrance of what the Lord did. The bread you hold in, his hand, in your hands represents his body. The bruises and the stripes that was inflicted upon his body that we can walk free of disease and sicknesses. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. As we receive this bread in remembrance of the pardon, Father God. Of sicknesses and diseases no longer being applied to us in Jesus' name. And the cup is the New Testament. The blood which was shed to give us victory, to bring restoration to our lost and dying souls. We've been cleansed by the blood. Thereby we can be adopted into the family of God. We thank you, Lord, for it. Amen. Praise the Lord.
Let's all stand. Time to celebrate. You should be on fire. You have to be like Jeremiah. There's a fire in my bones. So we'll go out there and light up the world. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, once again for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit has spoken to each and every one of us in areas, Father God, that we may need to develop, in areas, Father God, where we may be a help to others. We praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that we're not spectators but we are doers of the word. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. As we go our separate ways, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you've made, and we rejoice in it. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.